הרי מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים אמיתים שלכן ולכל הצדיקים אמיתים שוכני עפר קדוש משבר את המה ובבחר לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו נמנחן ובמקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן ונפגע בצמחה נענח נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן ברוך השם מסטארט סימן ט"ו לסן 15 אינציחות ארן also do 16 and uh, 17 is Ratashem. Starting with uh, 15. Amar Rabbeinu said, Shehu chokhma umlacha gdola liyot kemo behema. It's a very great wisdom. It takes very great wisdom and great effort. A great, it's a great task to be like an animal. For more on this, look in the Gemara Shabbat, page 117a, over there. And this is the aspect of what is brought down in the verse. In Shemot chapter 36, verse 1, Every person God granted wisdom is a beast. Okay, what does that mean? Rabbeinu translates the verse in a different fashion. Saying what? That it requires great wisdom to be like an animal. To act like an animal. We're going to see what this means, like an animal. In the Gemara Chulim, page 5b, Al-Pasuk on the verse, Adam God saves man and beast. So we see God saves man, okay, but what about the beast? What does this mean, God saves beast? So now the Gemara over there in Chulim elaborates and explains that what's the beast referencing? That these beasts are people who are clever with da'at, with knowledge, and they make themselves like an animal. They are clever, they, they have clever, they have intelligence, they are clever, they have intelligence, but they make themselves like an animal. They have the wisdom and yet they choose to lower themselves into this aspect of animal, into humility. Asaf says, I'm a fool and I do not know. I was like an animal before you, Hashem. Here the animal we're talking about is not the animal of animalistic desires, we're talking about an animal of a person who chooses not to know, who, who goes in this simplicity in a sense. And look in uh, what you call in another lesson with the other lessons with regard to this. Likutei halachot ilchot pikadon speak about this. Halachot daled, halachah daled, siman daled, or od daled over there. Sorry. And likutei moran tinyana lesson nineteen and lesson forty four speak about this idea over there, which speaks about how to uh, run away from wisdom and the highest wisdom of all is not knowing, which is this aspect of like an animal. So. Uh, we see it's a very big praise to make yourself like an animal. And this in itself is whenever Hashem saves a person. Torah, Simantet Zayin, 16. Da, no, she'echoli nitzok bekol dmamadaka. A person can scream in what we'd call a small, still voice. It's brought down in Sefer Menachim. Bitzaka gdola me'od velo yishma shum adam kare. What does that mean? He can scream a tremendous scream, but not one single person will hear him. Because he's not, not a voice, not a sound is emerging from his throat at all. The scream that he's screaming is in a completely still and yet small voice. Almost like at a different frequency in a sense. But it's a little bit more than that. And each and every person can do this, is capable of doing this. And we know this is a very big thing to this. Look in Chayyam Oran, Rabbeinu says that... Uh, he had the ability, Rabbeinu says that the entire world does the Yibodudut differently, but I do my Yibodudut in the middle of a crowd. 
I can do my Ibadadut in the middle of a crowded room and yet nobody would hear me. I can make a screen that can be heard from this end to the other end of the world and yet no one will hear me. Can you imagine what we're talking about here? And this is part of that idea that we just mentioned. Um, this idea of a small, still voice. So Rabbeinu says, every person is capable of doing this. And he tells us how. Imagine in your thought this screen. And put that the sound of that scream in your thought and picture it, imagine it in your mind. Literally the sound of that scream in your mind. Imagine, close your eyes for a second and literally just picture in your mind the sound of the scream and the way the sound um, the way it sounds and picture that in your thought with the melody or with the sound um, or the melody a person's accustomed to, to screaming in meaning the, the, uh, tune, the tune or the tone in which you scream in and picture that all in your mind all the intricacies all the details of a scream that you normally scream picture that in your head and keep this up until you literally scream in the aspect of a small, still voice. Not a single person will be able to hear this. Because the truth is, this is not even mere imagination. This is a literal scream. Because there are channels in the lungs from which the voice emerges from. Through which the voice uh, emerges from. There are channels in the lungs which the voice uh, goes out through. And there are also small channels, very small, almost like nerves, that um, um, emerge from the lungs to the mind and go to travel to the mind. And therefore, therefore, you're able to bring that voice and to, to um, instill that voice via these channels, these small channels and nerves that travel to the mind. Until literally you scream in your mind, in your moach, in the mentalities. Just by picturing in your thought the sound of that scream, literally. Essentially by doing this, by picturing that thought, you're able to merge the scream within your mind. That with this, you, you, um, you instill the sound of that scream within the mind. And you're able to stand among many people in a crowd of people. You're able to scream extremely loudly. And not a single person will be able to hear. Sometimes a small, small sound, the finest and most subtle sound can escape at this time that can be heard. That because the sound is um, being brought in, the nerves that travel from the lung to the mind, sometimes that sound can escape, rarely, but it can escape, um, via these like vocal organs from which the voice emerges. But it's in a very subtle fashion. And Rabbeinu says, without speaking, Whenever you do not speak or express any words at the time when you're trying to do the scream, meaning when you're picturing in your mind the scream, you do not say anything. It's easier to scream in this fashion. Because when you wish to express words, it's much more difficult to hold the voice in the mind and to not allow it to escape 
via the windpipe which the voice emerges from. But without speech, it's easier. Meaning when you do not speak while you're trying to do this process, it's much easier to accomplish it. And this is a very deep thing, very awesome thing. May we have the merit to apply this. And uh, the last one for today, an amazing piece of advice for studying Torah. Lesson 17. Rabbanu rebuked someone, one of his followers, over being diligent in Torah study, meaning that he wasn't studying properly, and Rabbanu was rebuking him, saying that he has to study more, more consistently. And he told him, Why don't you study? What will you lose if you study? What's the loss? Won't you receive the world to come just for studying Torah? And it's needless to say, when the Torah reveals its love to a person, when the Torah reveals itself to a person, it opens itself up to a person. This person won't even want all he wants is the Torah in itself. It's just a matter of time. The reason why we suffer studying Torah is because we're going against our nature to sit down and study. But once we break this and once we really enter the Torah try to do it for the sake of heaven and the Torah reveals itself to us reveals its love to reveals its love to us we won't even want to study for any ulterior motives whatsoever. It's going to be so awesome the Torah in our eyes that we're going to want to engage in it all day for no reward at all. All we want is the Torah in itself. And Rabbeinu is telling this to a person doesn't God himself study too? That God has a certain seder, a certain organized uh, schedule throughout the day. And three hours of the day he studies Torah. Three hours of such Torah study he has. So if Hashem studies Torah, all the more so we must too. And in these generations, because of our many sins, the study of Torah has fallen very, very much. That the great tzaddikim that were in, our pre- were in the previous generations that preceded us in history, meaning the great rabbanim, the great rabbis, that existed during those time periods, those previous time periods, they had no knowledge of any Kabbalistic secrets or intentions, any deeper intentions of the Torah. Nonetheless, they were able to accomplish miracles and wonders, do awesome things. We know stories in the Gemara, some incredible things that we see. These Tadikim didn't have access to Kabbalah. The Zohar was taught only in very small uh, secret circles, with, even during the time of the Arizal. The, um, it was only taught in very small circles. Only until very recently was Zohar published at a mass, mass uh, revelation, especially with the Zinyan of Chassidut and the Bar Shem Tov. But nonetheless, there were great Rabbanim in our history that didn't have Kabbalistic intentions, didn't have deep ideas. And uh, they had deep ideas, but not necessarily this Kabbalah. And nonetheless, they were able to accomplish miracles. Rak al yedeli Torah only because they studied the Holy Torah. And because of their simple faith in the studying of the Holy Torah, the, the Holy Torah, they were able to accomplish these awesome things. Because through this, when they would say a word, 
it would be fulfilled the way they said it. And that's because of their simplicity, their sincerity. And uh, Baruch Hashem, that's mamash, a real level. God willing that we could do stuff like this as well by refining ourselves pro, um, to the highest degree so that our words are fulfilled in the way we say it. Bizrat Hashem. And uh, that's it for today. God willing, next podcast we start with uh, lesson 18.